Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Running to win. You know that from the moment that we turn our lives to Jesus and we turn our lives over as as his followers and we make him our master, our teacher, Paul says that we enter into a race. Out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 23, we're actually going to repeat that a couple of times, but uh, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 23, this is Paul. Paul said, I do, I do everything, everything, all right? I do everything to do what? To, to what? Spread the good news and share in its blessings. Did you all get that? Did you all get that? Paul made sure that what he was saying was, hey, hey, I'm doing everything that I can to share what? The what? The what? The good news. The good news. So number one, there are two things in this verse that we see in the walk of a Christian is that we are to share the good news. And that means that you're telling, you're telling your story. Whose story? Your story. You're telling your story about Jesus to others. That's the good news. That's the good news. What did Jesus do in the life of Dr. Gladys? What did Jesus do in the life of Nadia? What did Jesus do in the life of um, um, oh my goodness, I forgot your Mariel. I'm sorry, Mariel. I'm sorry, Mariel. Thank you, honey, for saving me. Uh, uh, so, so that is the good news. What did Jesus do in my life? And I share that good news. I tell others about, about Jesus. And then number two, we have to live out Jesus's truths in our life for the world to see. It's not enough for you just to talk and not walk the talk. Did you hear that? We have way too many churches, way too many Christians that call themselves Christians, but they only talk the talk, but they don't walk the talk. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah? Are you sure? Don't just say yes because I'm asking you. But, but, but Paul, Paul is saying, I don't only share the good news, but I also share in its blessings. I manifest it. I show people in the way I live. So this isn't just any race. But it is a race in which winning, winning isn't an option. You don't have another choice other than to win. You don't have another choice other than to win. Um, Pastor Jose, can you do me a favor? In that uh, room, can you get me the two black uh, sanctions that we use to rope things off? I need two of them. I should have said that earlier and I didn't. So please forgive me for um, being yeah, not prepared. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't like doing that to my team. She called me out. That's okay. She's right. She is absolutely, we don't do things like that around here. But that's what I meant. I had that in my heart and I forgot. But, but do me a favor. Could you set one here and one there and then attach the ribbon across? Okay, if you guys can do that for me. But this is not a, comp a, a, a competition or a competitive race where you're trying to beat out other Christians. 
You're not trying to beat out other believers across the finish line, but the race that we're running is a race against, against, against self. The reason I say that you don't have another option but to win isn't because nobody here is Usain Bolt. All right? Nah, no, you're not. But I'm saying that because Jesus is already on the other side of the finish line and Jesus is screaming to you and cheering you on to keep running, run forward. I've already won for you. You don't have to look back. You don't have to stop. Just keep running. Just keep running. Listen to what Romans chapter 8 verse 29 says. And I want you to follow close with me. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to what? To become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among what? Many brothers and sisters. So his son, Jesus, would be the what? The first among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to what? To what? Um, Pablo, where's Pablo? Pablo, come here, Pablo. Stand over there. Stand over there. Keep, let's keep a distance, okay? Stand right there. All right? So, and, and having called them, he gave them the right to standing with them. Go back, David. Go back to the verse. Go back. And having chosen them, he called them to what? To what? So this is, this is, this is, that's the race. You are all, the brothers and the sisters are on that side of the line. Jesus is on this side of the race. He's already won the race, already won the race. And he's on this side saying, come on, come on, come on, Pablo, come on, Pablo, Pablo, don't give up, Pablo. Come on, keep running. Don't look back. Don't look back. Get up. Get up. Don't look back. Don't look back. Come on, come on, come on. And that's our race. That's our walk as Christians. You got it? Are you getting that? And, and that's, so Jesus is on this side, you're on that side. That's the race. Um, stay close because I might call you again, but you're, you're, you're healthy and, and young and fit. You, you can run. So listen, so, so if, I'm sorry, anybody, uh, anybody here, um, baseball, baseball, anybody understands baseball? No. Who? No. Cool. All right, so. Are you serious? Baseball. 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 All right. So is that Matos? Come here, Angelo. I'm going to pick on you. No, don't act like, ugh. Don't, don't you do it. Come here. Stay right here. Real quick question. Look at him looking all sharp with his sweater. Oh, man, looking sharp. <laughs> all right. Listen. Baseball, listen, there's a, there's a man in first base. There's a man in second base. There's a man on third base. A man is up to bat on home base. He's up to bat. He bats the ball and he hits it home out the field. What happens next? What happens next? Can we let Angelo speak? What happens next? What happens? He runs around the base. Who? Who runs around the bases? 
Who? But who hit the home? Who hit the, who hit the ball? Did, did the guy in the first base hit it? The guy in second base hit? Did the guy in third base hit? No. Do they all score? Yes. They all score because one person hit the ball. Are you understanding that? Have a seat. Have a, that is the role of Jesus in the cross. Jesus hits the home run. You run and you get the score. Are you getting that? Are you sure you're understanding that? That's, that's the point of the cross. Many people don't understand what happens at the cross. And this is why there is a reverence to the cross. We don't worship the cross, but it, is, it serves as a constant reminder that he hit a home run. And I just run the base and I get the score. That's good news. Guys, that is good news. Good. Good. That's good news. Now, the idea that God can love us this much is incomprehensible and baffling to many Christians. Many religious folk, especially believers, that insist in that some form of restitution and, and re reparations are needed in order, in order for us to be accepted by God is a common thing amongst many Christians. Like there must be something else that I have to do. There has to be more. Well, let me explain this. Many Christians can't see God's forgiveness and his love void of wrath. So it's not enough that Jesus already hit the ball out the park on the cross and is on this side. They still feel that something further has to happen on this race or in this race. They prefer to believe that God's forgiveness can only come at some cost to us. But there's a dilemma. Somebody say dilemma. dilemma. Come on, say dilemma. dilemma. The dilemma with that mindset is that then you have this scripture that's vital. And you have to have the scripture so that you can see it all written out there. And you can hold on to this. Hold on to this when somebody's telling you that more is needed. So that that way you're not falling, to, you're not falling victims to the untruth. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 11. If you don't have these scriptures, highlight it. Highlight them. Go home. I want you to read this stuff for yourself in your time, your devotional time. Just read and say, Holy Spirit, activate. No. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but tell the Holy Spirit, speak to me as I read these scriptures. Listen, listen to this. He said, but God showed his, his what? His what? It's not just any love. What kind of love? Great, love? Great love for us by doing what? He did what? He sent Christ to die for us when? When? While you were still on that side. While you were still on that side. Before you were even running that race. Before you were even running the race. He, he loved you that much. Continue, next verse. Listen, and since we have been what? We have been, listen, you aren't right. You're never going to be right, but he made you right. Listen, and this is important because it says, we have been, we have been made right in, in God's sight by what? Your sacrifice? 
by what you do, by your service, by your sacrifice. No, by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So listen, in whose sight were you made right? In whose sight were you made right? Not the pastors. Listen, Nadia, are you, are you paying attention? Not, not, not in my sight. Whose sight? So that way, when I'm harassing you, you go, Pastor, I'm sorry, but I'm right, not in your sight, in God's sight. You like that one, yeah. <laughs> Listen, and since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation next. For since our friendship with God was what? Was what? Restored by what? Again, going back to that cross, going back to that home run, going back to that home run. You had to do nothing. You were on base. He hit the home run. Run, 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 get the score. Listen, while we were still his what? So even before you come to him, he loved you that much that that's, that was the plan in place. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Continue. So, 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 so what do we do now? What do we do now? What do we do? What do we do? We rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Take that in. Just take that in for just a moment. Adrian, just, just play a little more. Just take that in. Just a moment. Just a moment. Listen. He made you right in his sight by the sacrifice of his son. He made you his friend. He gave you a wonderful relationship. Not just any relationship, but it's a wonderful new relationship. And he says, listen, what is, what is expected of us? What is expected of us? One word, rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. The reason I drag my butt out to church on a Sunday, even sometimes when I don't want to be here, it's because I'm grateful. And I rejoice. Rejoice means to have joy again. That's what that means. It means to have joy again. I rejoice for that wonderful new relationship that I have with my father, God. I rejoice when we sing songs out of gratefulness. I take a moment to rejoice that even in my giving, I can rejoice in my giving. That even if I'm praying, I rejoice. Everything hinges on what? my gratitude to this wonderful relationship I now have with my father. You know, we learned from Paul last week. We learned out of uh, Corinthians chapter 9, and this is what we read last week. Uh, 23, let's go to verse 23, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 23, and we're going to read down. It says, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Again, next. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So, so, so run to win. Run to win. All athletes are what? Disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for a what kind of prize? What kind of prize? What kind of prize? Don't, you don't do anything to, don't do anything ever to impress your pastor, to impress me. No. It's, it's, shut up. It's, 
There's an eternal price. There's, there's a prize, an eternal one. Everything that I do is for that eternal prize. Are you understanding that? My service to the Lord is for the eternal prize, that eternal prize. Uh, next. So I run with what? With what? In every step I do what? There's what? There's fault. There's purpose. There's intentionality. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like what? An athlete training it to do what it should. Next. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Continue. Is that it? That was it, yeah. Do you know that? How, do, you know how we get disqualified? You know how, we, you know how we're disqualified? Pablo, come back here again, Pablo. Pablo, just sit down Indian style there. There you go. Many Christians run their race that way. Jesus is on this side. Run, run. And many Christians are just, that, that's all they do. They have no intentionality, no purpose in the way they live their lives as Christians. Being a Christian is just a matter of whenever I get to church on a Sunday, if I get to church on a Sunday, and now that we can do it online, it's convenient. I just catch the service, you know. So, okay. But but so being being a Christian has turned to that. There's no purpose. And remember, Paul said, I do everything to share the I do everything to share the gospel. As Christians, this race that we're running is about sharing the gospel, telling your story about what Jesus has done in your life. All right, thank you, Pablo. So obedient. You know, if I were to do Indian style, they would have to call the paramedics to get me out of here in a gurney. I would never be able to get up from there. My man got up there nice and flexible too. Like, you do yoga or something, because man. <laughs> now, Paul didn't just compare the life of a Christian to just any athlete, but he compares Christians to winning athletes. What kind of athletes? Winning, winning athletes, because there's a lot of losing athletes. A lot of them, losing, losing. One day you, one day you inspire people, the other day you, you, you sow doubt into people. Some days you're, you're, you're high on God and then another one you're like, ah, you need, you know, and, and, and you're down and you're weak and you're doubting and all of, you know, Paul said, no, man, I run to win. So then he describes a winning athlete. Number one, he says, a, a winning athlete runs to win. A, a winning athlete is disciplined in his training or her training. Okay, number three, jump, I already did the number two, go to number two. Runs with purpose. Number, uh, is disciplined in their training, runs with purpose. Number four, disciples, uh, disciplines, I'm sorry, disciplines the body. That's, that's the disciplines that correspond to the competition. So I, I discipline according to this competition. Next one, lives in fear of being disqualified from the race. So in this list, Paul is giving, Paul is giving us a model of what we ought to be doing as Christians as we are running to win. Last week, we covered the first one, run to win. And, and today, I just very briefly, I'm going to cover just a few things as uh, next week, um, uh, Pastor Jose is going to be speaking. And then I think I, I'm going to do part two of this. So, but we're going to cover discipline 
in their training. I want to cover this today. So any and every, any and every athlete is only as good as he or she trains. Any, any and every athlete is only as good as he or she trains. So as an example of hard work, training, and determination, um, we have these two great examples. Uh, put that next photo up for me um, of the uh, legendary basketball players. Regardless of, regardless of who you think the GOAT is, regardless of who you think the GOAT is, it does, it does, regardless, regardless of who you think the GOAT is, all right? But I want, you to, I want you to think about this. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan enters the NBA in 1984, and he didn't win his first championship till 1991. From 1984 to 1991, what do you think he was doing? What do you think he was doing? Training, working hard. You think he lost a few games? You think he lost a few? Yup, he lost a few. He lost a few. He lost a few. But then in 1991, he got his first one. And then he didn't look back. But, but, but if you follow the trajectory of LeBron James, LeBron James also goes into the NBA in 2004. But listen, he doesn't get his first win till 2012. From, 2000, from 2004 to 2012, how many know that's a long time? How many know that's a long time to try to get, what you say? What? Say it again. Eight years. And some of us can't run one year after something that God has put in our heart. And we just give up. Eight years to get a trophy, to get a title. Eight years. Michael Jordan, seven years. And on and on. Guess what? LeBron James is still out there trying to, trying to win. He's still out there working hard, training hard. And some of us give up. Real easy. First year, second year. Some of us in just a few months. I can't do it. It's hard. So Paul wants us to model. And you can take down those, um, the photos before we become divided in the church. Paul wants us to imitate these great winning athletes and to imitate not the athletes, but their discipline. What are we imitating? What are we imitating? Their what? Their discipline. He wants us that, that as, 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 as Christians that we're working hard in our training and in our development. Verse 25 of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 says, says it this way. All athletes are what? Are what? They're disciplined in their what? In their what? Man, I was reading, I was reading on a, just Kobe Bryant's training. The young man is incredible what he was doing before his passing and before he retired. I mean, practicing, my man practiced before practice and then he practiced after practice. Are, 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 you, are you listening to that? He practiced before practice, before his official practice, and then he kept practicing even after practice. But that was the same discipline Jordan had, same discipline with LeBron. It's just a, consi a consistent life, consistent life of practicing, practicing, sharpening his skill, sharpening. Number uh, 27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Now, what was Paul, what was Paul's, what was Paul's, 
um, purpose? What was he doing? What, what was his main focus? To what? He was doing what? So then he was sharpening, he was, dis, he was disciplining himself and training so that he could be sharp at spreading the good news. I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to be excellent at this. I'm going to execute. I'm going to win a championship, multiple championships. What does this mean to be disciplined in your training? Discipline. Uh, did we put that definition up, David? I don't know if we did. We didn't do it. Okay. But discipline has to do with behavior management. You're managing your behavior. Your behavior doesn't manage you. You're managing your behavior. And you're managing your behavior. That means your attitude. That means your conduct for it to reach the aim that you want. Number two, training. Training are the skills that we learn through intentional and consistent practice and instruction. Consistent instruction. And training. Uh, last month, um, uh, we had Adrian doing worship, and then we we had to do a switch with Pastor Jose and get Pastor Jose out of the sound room so that he could do some more pastoral things. So we had to swap Adrian and move Adrian back there into the sound room. And you know what Big Daddy had to do? Big Daddy had to go back upstairs into his bedroom where I have this little keyboard and start sharpening and start sharpening because I had to go back there and start doing that again. So guess what I have to do during the week? I have to put specific amount of time in doing that. And okay, all right. Why? Because my kids now, they have grown in their expertise as musicians. And every time I fumble over keys, they all look at me and like, what? The looks I used to give them, now I get those looks. A couple weeks ago, I, I even retired. I was so upset. I hit the wrong, it was a mess. It's on YouTube, it's on there. I'm glad it didn't go viral, but it's out there. I messed up. And then when I got home, I was harassed like a child. Everybody, every, my grandchildren were all jumping in it. You suck. That's why you're my favorite. That's why you're my favorite. All right, so listen. We need to grow. Listen, we need to grow. This church, March 5th, will be five years old. How many years? Five. Which means that if you have been with us since the inception, since the beginning of this church, that means that you are now a five-year-old veteran in this walk. Jesus trained his disciples, and in three years, these guys were out changing the world. Three. So the life of a Christian is a life of training and discipline. Are you listening? Or are you listening? As Christians, we ought to be intentional about practicing about sharpening our skills. But I can't grow those skills if I don't have determination and self-control to submit to a subscribed regimen for that aim. So if our aim as Christians is to share the good news of Jesus with those around us and to demonstrate to those around us the results and the benefits of being a Christian and how we live, 
that I need to discipline and train myself. Every day I got to work on being better. Every day on, on be, just because I am good in a specific area, it doesn't mean there are other areas I don't need to sharpen. So the life of a Christian is always, for, it's ever growing. I need to learn the ways of Jesus. I need to be familiar with his words. I need to think and speak and conduct myself with Jesus' behavior, not mine. Are you listening to me? Many of us want to call ourselves Christians, but we still want to keep the old guy or the old gal. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And I'm going to read quite a bit. David was harassing me the other day, or I think David and Alexis, they were, you know, I was, I was harassing them about reading the scriptures more. And you know what? They both responded. They go, it's okay. We'll wait till Sunday. We read a lot on Sunday. That's what they said to me. Well, it's okay. We'll read the Bible on Sunday. We read a lot. Well, here we go. We're going to read a lot. First Peter chapter one, verse 22. And we're going to read all the way down. Listen, you were cleansed. You were cleansed from your sins. When? 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 When you obeyed the truth. When were you, when were you cleansed from your sins? This is important, guys, because you need to understand there are, there, are, there are two types of Christians out there. And I want you to be this kind of Christian, and we're going to talk about that. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So, so now, continue, you must show sincere love to each other as what? Brothers and sisters, continue. Love each other deeply with some of your heart. All of your heart. Continue. For you have been, you have been, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will what? Last forever. Because it comes from the eternal living, living of God. We're going to be talking about this the next time I come to do uh, the word. Next, as the scriptures say, uh-oh, so the living word of God, as the scriptures say, the living word of God, as the scriptures say, and many people, listen, because you expect for the pastor to read the scriptures for you, many Christians, many Christians are still infants in their walk as Christians. People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But, but the word of the Lord remains, remains forever. And that word is, is that was preached to you. Continue. So, get rid of some evil, some, all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech, like newborn babies, you must what? You must what? Pure spiritual milk, so that you will... 
so that you will into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for what? Cry out for what? Cry out for this what? Nourishment. Nadia, are you listening? You sure? Because I need to make sure that you're crying out for this nourishment. Listen, today the church puts such an emphasis on the avoidance of sin. There, there is such an emphasis on living a sinless life that we overexhaust ourselves in an unattainable feat. So we live so focused on what has already been dealt with. Sin, the sin issue in all humanity has already been dealt with at the cross 2,000 years ago. Remember, at the cross, before you were sinners, he made you right. Listen, he made you right. From the moment you say, Jesus, I give my life to you, he makes you right. Jesus, come into my heart, he makes you right. He deals with the sin issue. And many Christians can grow into what Peter calls a full experience of salvation because they're still swimming in the shallow waters of sin. That's all they do. They just sit around worried about sin, 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 sin. And I did this and I did that. And, and, and I can't come, I, I, I can't grow from that. So you have to get past sin so that you can grow your knowledge of God so that then you can gain the full benefit of the life of a Christian. Peter had more to say on this. He said, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Listen to this. May God give you what? Give you what? More and more grace and peace as you grow in your what? Of sin. No, your knowledge of sin. Do you know how many, how many denominations we have around the world and one believes this, and that's a sin, and this is a sin, and you can't do that. And everything is a long list of the you can'ts and you don'ts and, and all of those things. The Bible tells us that we ought to grow in the what? The knowledge of God. Some of us specialize in sin. As you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord, growing in what? Faith by his divine power. God has given us what? Listen, he's given... It's right there. He's done what? God has given us... Everything you need. He's what? He's already given it to you. Oh, he's already given it to you. Yeah, some of you, please take pictures because write it down. Again, next. We have received all of this by coming to what? Know him. So the reason you can't access the things that he's already given you is because you don't have knowledge of them. And the reason you don't have knowledge of them is because you don't know his word. But when you know his, you know his word. This is why this is why there were two sons, the prodigal son and the and the eldest son. One of them demanded. He knew, 
He had a knowledge of what the father had. He went, lived it out wastefully, and you know what? He messed up. He came back. The father received him. They moved on. They had a party, and the oldest son was in the back, and he was angry. He said, you've never done this for me. And the father's like, everything that I've had has always been yours. This dummy right here just messed up, but the dummy here at least knew. Are you getting this? That's called grace. Grace is an incredible thing. Grace is an incredible thing. It's a gift. All right. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory. What does he do? He calls us to what? This is, this is Jesus on the other side of this race, on the other side of the line, and he's calling us. Come on, run, run. Hey, Pablo, run. Yo, Pablo, don't give up, Pablo. Stop it. I know, I know, your, I know your wife is, ugh, I know, but just run. Run faster. I know, I know your wife, fatty. Run faster. <laughs> you Pablo, you're going to be in trouble, Pablo. Listen, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating to see the amount of Christians with spiritual atrophy. An atrophy is, is a, a limb that just withers away because it isn't used. It wastes away. And they waste away their best years. The best years in the times of their lives. Benefiting where they're, they're not benefiting at all from godly life. From that divine power that he said, listen, I've already given all this stuff to you. Christians, 15, 20, 30 years, and they're still, still infants. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. Check this out. There is, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are what? <laughs> spiritually dull and don't seem to what listen next you have been believers so long now that you ought to be you ought to be you ought to be the life of a Christian is I learn it I got it and I teach it on to someone else are you listening? But no, it's all left to the it's all left to the pastor. It's all it's all it's all it's all left to, to, to leaders. No, man, we this is not how this works. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Next. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the 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 basic things about God's word. You are like you are like who need and cannot eat. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are what? Mature. Who through? Through what? Through what? Training. Have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Somebody say, ouch. Yeah, that one does. I know. Babies. 
Scripture says that. That's not the pastor. And, 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 and I sit with people sometimes, and I'm like going, like, ah, how long have you been serving Christ? And you still don't understand the, the, the stuff that he said that in this world, we will have what? Tribulations. What do you think? You come to, you, just because you go to church that you're not going to go through hardship? For heaven's sake, they crucified him. All of the disciples, all of the disciples, look at all of these big uh, um, um, cathedrals all around the world. You know where those cathedrals are built? They're built on the burial site of these disciples. They were all martyred, all but one. All martyred, stone, hung, decapitated. That was their life. Who told you that just because you go to church on a Sunday, you're not going to have hardship? That's not in scripture. So that's why you can't be a mature mature Christian. You don't get it. You don't understand it. In this world, we're going to have affliction. We're going to have hurt. We're going to have pain. However, my hope is that because he conquered, he defeated, so will I. That's it. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean I'm immune. Just means that I'm going to I'm, I'm I get to run I get to run to, to to home base because he's going to hit, he already hit that home run. Our lives as Christians should be measurable in our constant growth and maturity as believers, not still waddling into shorelines dealing with sin. Pastor, I messed up. Let's stop it. Just, just stop it. Oh, you know, I can't go, you know. You messed up again. Just stop it, but just keep running. Keep keep running. My heart for you all as Christians, as my 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 spiritual children, spiritual sons and daughters. My, my heart is that you as Christians can look at yourselves and look back at your life and go, you know what? I've grown this much. If in 2022 you can look back in 2021 and there has been no growth in your life spiritually, then that's atrophy. You're withering away. So what are you doing in 2022 that you didn't do in 2021? Or should I ask, what things will you do in 2022 that you didn't do in 2021? I want to encourage you. Read. You got to read more, man. Stop being lazy. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say that. Yeah, just stop being lazy. Stop just trying to find, you know, all of these little devotional clips to, to, to post on your Facebook that mean nothing to you. Did I just say that out loud? I said that out loud? Yeah, I said that out loud. No, it was rude. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But I mean, Hebrews said that you guys are babies. Still drinking milk. And if you're drinking milk, that's because you're still attached to and 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 I, I don't say this, I don't say this to, to, to be condescending, but we gotta grow. We we gotta grow. I, I, I have many conversations with our brothers and our sisters, and I hear that you're still in the same place that you were three and four years ago. No growth, no measurable growth. Wives, you should hold your husband accountable. 
Hold your husband accountable. Look at how much time he spends playing games, video games, and then ask him, have you read the equivalent of that? Uh, no, no, baby. <laughs> baby, of course not. You're the head of this home spiritually. And, I, and I'm sorry, but we have such, we, we, we have such a, 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 a generation that's just fallen behind and fallen behind and, and lost an entertainment. Because you don't know his word. You don't, you don't have a knowledge of this life, this wonderful life. I want us to grow in our relationship. And then husbands, also hold your wives, hold, hold, hold them accountable. How much Netflix and soap operas and junk you're watching. Becky and I were doing that the other day. We were looking at each other's um, um, screen time to just make comparisons of how much time we've been in all seriousness. Hey, man, we gotta, we got to change some stuff. You know that there's an enemy that's out there warring against us. And we, 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 I'm going to, uh, after Jose speaks, uh, Pastor Jose speaks, I want to I talk to you about the reality of Satan, your enemy. Because many of us believe in God. And if you believe in God, then you have to believe that there's an enemy that's warring against you and your family. And, and the truth about that enemy is that he comes to rob, to destroy, and to do what else? Kill. And then, and then when death comes, you ask God and you blame God and you forget there's an enemy. So I want us to grow. I want us to run that race. Are you, are you hearing me? Run that race, but I want you to run it to win. Are you all getting me? All right. So in 2022, in 2022, we are all going to be Usain Bolt's by the end of the year. Are you, are you hearing me? So we, the church, are going to try to offer things. We're going to, we're going to listen. We're, we're, you know, we're offering, offering prayer. We're going to offer small groups. We're going to offer times for the men. And we're going to listen, wives. Whenever there's something for the men, you make sure you clear that schedule so that that man can attend that. You want that man attending those things. Women, you husbands, you also want to take charge of the children so your wives can also attend the 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 the, the functions of the women so that they can grow. And we help each other. And so there's things that we have in development that we want to continue to grow so that we can all continue to grow and we can look back and say, man, you know what? I may not be there, but I thank God I'm no longer back there. So some of you that are watching online, you're going, probably you're saying, I'm glad I wasn't there today. It's okay. I got your number. I know who was watching. I know. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to know that all of this I say in love. I don't say it, I don't say it in, in, in hurt. I say because I love you. I want to see you grow. I want to see you do well. My brother George, my brother George lost a, a, a close friend, a close buddy of 12 years. 12 years. You know that when you spend 40 hours to 40 to 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week with someone for 12 years, how many know you become close to that person? And then that person is taken from your life unexpectedly. Got to sit down with him and, and hear his heart and hear where he is. 
in his hope. Little did he know that he was talking to his friend on the phone, encouraging him to hang in there. And he prayed over his friend, for his coworker, for his colleague, for his brother. And he prayed with him. And then his brother was gone. Just gone. Unexpected. The reality of the race hit George. It's, it's real. This is, this is real. And I was so honored and blessed to see that even in the midst of his hurt, he was still holding on and clinging on to hope. That's, that's what he was holding on to, hope. And I want to encourage you. I, I, we're all going through hurt. We're all suffering something. If we are not familiar with God's word, then we are hopeless and helpless. And that's not what Jesus said we are. We are winners. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.